Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome back to Off the Shelf here on Breadbox Media. I'm your host, Pete Sox, a Catholic book blogger, and this week's guest really needs no introduction. Raymond Arroyo is a New York Times bestselling author, an international broadcaster, and frequent correspondent for Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, and has worked for the Associated Press. He has made frequent appearances on the Today Show, Good Morning America, CNN Headline News, Access Hollywoods, and many Many more. His works appeared in the Wall Street Journal, the Financial Times, Newsweek, Time Magazine, The New Yorker, and elsewhere. And you know him best from EWTN. Today we'll be discussing his latest Christmas book for children, The Wise Men Who Found Christmas. Welcome back to the show, Raymond. Hey, Pete. Lovely being with you. Thank you for having me. So I guess to start, here we are again, new children's book. You've done The Spider Who Saved Christmas. You did The Thief Who Stole Heaven, and now The Wise Men Who Found Christmas. Why yes. is it important for you to keep returning to this genre of books for children and families? Well, because I think families are the really the most uh, the group that's most under attack today. Uh, I think they're looking for materials that they can share together. And when I first looked at this whole wise men history, the history behind the Magi, who they were, I thought, well, I'll do a chapter book and kind of lay this out as a narrative. And I started that way. And as I got into it, I asked the question I always ask, who's the audience for this book? Mm. And I quickly realized if I went, continued down that path, it would be very limited, the people who could actually take part in that. So I said, you know, I should... I should spin this as an adventure tale and use all this research to frame and set up that story and retell the wise men's journey. And I want to make it available to all generations and to the entire family because those characters and the, the, the nativity itself is something that at Christmas time is experienced by the whole family. And it's one of the few times they all come together. So I thought, look, I'll, I'll get everybody together and give them a reason to come together around this story. And it will help me extend what I've learned and mm -hmm. hopefully illuminate their Christmas a bit more and these characters they thought they knew. 
Yeah, yeah. And it, you alluded to it there, and, and I've seen it through the years, um, particularly in recent years, is the questioning of what our perception of the, of the three wise men really is. And how much of what we know about them historically is actually inaccurate? <laughs> Most of it, Pete. <laughs> I mean, look, let's take the song. You know the famous song, We Three Kings of Orient Are, okay? Yep. They were very likely not three. There were probably, if you believe the Coptic Church, there were there were 12. If you believe the Armenian Church at the time, they said there were 60 wise men, six zero. The Gospel of Matthew only mentions three gifts. They do not mention three men. So there might have been 12, 18, 60. We don't know, but there weren't just three. That's for sure. Um, secondly, uh, we three kings. They were not kings. Historically, that's not who they were. And in the book, I explain who they were. Um, they were very likely Zoroastrian or, or uh, maybe even Jewish descendant priests uh, in Petra, which is just to the east of Judea. So they were from the Orient, meaning east, but not the Far East, not Africa, not Asia, which is how they're often depicted. Um, so I think given that, given what I just told you, it changes the entire story. Where are they from? Why did they go to the Christ child? And what were they looking for? And look, we know from the saints and scribes of the first and second century, uh, Eusebius and, and uh, Clement of Rome, they all said these wise men came from east of Judea. Justin Martyr, which is, was in Jesus' lifetime just afterward, says the Magi came from Arabia. So we know where they came from. Why we've lost that reality in time, where these fictions came from, is anybody's guess. Mm. And, you know, let's go back to that three gifts and the significance of, of those three. Yes. Why do you think we got cornholed into thinking it was just three guys just because there's three gifts? Well, because it, I think because it, it fits the, the art, you know, one man per gift. Um, but the chances are it was a caravan of people. Mm -hmm. um, in my depiction, uh, for the, the eagle-eyed viewer, in the first spread, there are 12 men, wise men, magi, on the rooftop of a Petra shrine who notice this star. Uh, I chose that number because I liked the idea that, you know, you know, the Syrian and Armenian manuscripts indicate that there may have been 12. There were 12 members of the original royal priesthood uh, that were expelled 700 years before Jesus. Um, and there is some research to indicate that these magi may have been descendants of that first temple priesthood living in Petra. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of wink at that in the art, um, though it's not in the narrative itself. We don't actually know. It could be any variety of the people I just described, but they fit that, that these men would have been conversant and deeply enmeshed in the prophecies of the Messiah, particularly a Jewish Messiah, and had knowledge of the astral cycles, astronomy, uh, all of that fits. So um, the three gifts also indicate where they came from, because Petra, which was the, the it's the kingdom of Nabate, that's what it would have been called at the time, uh, modern-day Petra, Jordan, uh, that kingdom was known for three primary commodities. One was gold. Uh, King Aratus of, of Nabate 
controlled what we now know as King Solomon's mines. Mm-hmm. That's the, he had control of that. So gold was a commodity Nabate was known for. Their frankincense and myrrh only come from one place in the world, southern Arabia. It, it leaks from the trees. It's a tree resin. And it was produced largely there in that kingdom of Nabate. They also controlled all the spice trade routes. So um, it made sense that when the Magi would come to the king and say, hey, we saw this that there's going to be a new king in Judea. We saw his star rising. It makes sense that the king of Nabate would say, fine, take this, take tribute to offer to Herod uh, on the birth of his, what they assumed was his son, a new heir in Judea. So they go, these wise men are sent out by the Nabataean king almost as a royal delegation. It's a diplomatic mission. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, Pete, the entire story now begins to shift. And what was once a uh, plotty, uh, solemn procession following a star now becomes a journey fraught with danger, political intrigue, and the mystical star that's leading them and goes off and on at different points. So I loved that by rooting it in a historical context, it turns this into a very different tale of adventure Mm -hmm. and high stakes. You know, you mentioned something there that I think we often overlook. I mean, I've never actually asked you this question in any other children's books, and that is the art. I think we focus a lot Mm -hmm. on the words in the children's books, but we don't uh, necessarily look at how important the art was. How important is it when you're creating these children and family books to get the right artists and get the right feel for what's behind the words? Well, look, I would encourage everybody, if you haven't seen the book, go to RaymondArroyo.com. There's a trailer there. You can see a lot of the interior spreads in that trailer, um, which you can just click there and see it. Uh, Diane LaFayre was the, I think, third illustrator we considered. And I loved her work instantly. Um, She's a Parisian illustrator. And Diane and I just, we connected. There are some people, you know, when you're dealing with really talented people with an eye, Mm -hmm. all you have to do is sort of point them in the right direction. It's like a great cinematographer. You tell them the feeling you want, and they know how to make it happen. Diane's point of view, her rich colors, her sensibility and mind just gelled perfectly. And so she has elevated this story. And that's what good illustrators should do. And she did it in spades. Um, So, yeah, we spent a lot of time uh, on what what I was looking for, what she thought she could bring and what she wanted to add. Many times she suggested changes that I said, absolutely, let's go with that. It's a better idea. Mm -hmm. It's a better vision than I had. Um, So she was instrumental in helping me tell this story. And um, her, her illustrations are complete immersion in this world. And the time she took with the backgrounds, the costuming, um, the historical setting, she brought all of that. And it is her research shows in every spread. It's amazing. It her is. work is amazing. Mm-hmm. So when you write these children's books, obviously there, there comes um, a lot of consideration of what topics you uh, embark upon. So why, why was it important for you to bring this historical reality of the wise men to the forefront and, and actually spend the time and effort it took to put the book together? 
Well, I, you know, because I knew so little of them, Pete. I, 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 like most people listening right now, and most of my readers, I would suspect, they imagine and have the same visuals of the wise men that I had, which was they were three kings. They came from the Orient to give Jesus some gifts. They saw a star and they followed it. Um, we don't ever ask the follow-on, which is Matthew writes this gospel, and he opens his gospel with the Magi. Why? This He was writing for a Jewish audience primarily. Why would he open with this? These stargazers from another land coming to bring this kid tribute. Why? What is this about? And what's he trying to tell us? So once I started asking that question and dug into the deep and abiding historical research, biblical research, archaeological research that's underway even now, um, and then when I looked at the Church Fathers and what they'd written, it totally transformed who these guys are and were. And their importance, the reality of who they were, to me, once you situate them in a real historical context, it not only grounds them, but it makes their journey completely uh, explainable. You now understand why they went there, the forces propelling them there, why they would be allowed into the kingdom at all, whereas remember, people from the Far East or Persia would not have been allowed in, mm -hmm. um, and the gifts they brought, the meaning of those gifts, all of that falls into place when you see it in the historical context. And if the wise men are real and true and rooted in history, then the mystery that they sought, the Christ child himself, to my mind, becomes deeper and richer and more grounded in reality than he was before you understood any of this. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was that I wanted to rescue these wise men from the fables and the mythology that has accrued around them, because I think any time you do that, it... It deepens the experience and focuses us anew on the nativity, which is the focus of the season. So I've got to ask this question. It's not relevant okay. to this book. I've had people ask me, they uh -oh. ask you this. Where's Will Wilder been? <laughs> <laughs> Will, Will Wilder, as people, my readers know, uh, I've, I've released three Will Wilder books. And I ended the last one on a big cliffhanger. And, Pete, almost every week I get a letter or two, and I get stopped in airports all the time by indignant young readers who tell me, what happened to Aunt Lucille, and I hope you aren't going to kill her off. Um, I, I don't get to kill or rise anybody. I just tell the story, mm -hmm. first of all, which I always tell them, look, I just chronicle Will Wilder's adventures. I don't always control them, um, which is really true. Uh, I am working on book four, and we are going to continue the series and finish it. Um, as you might remember, I, you know, I originally set out to write six, maybe seven books in that series mm -hmm. um, for good reason. Uh, but I am working on it. It's just I, I you know, I got sidetracked onto these picture mm -hmm. book projects. I have another series uh, called Turnabout Tales coming out from Harper Collins. Uh, I've finished three of those books, uh, which are forthcoming. The first one, we, we've, we've announced it. It's not coming out till next March. Uh, it's uh, about Thomas Edison. It's the oh. story of Thomas Edison. And each of those books looks at, it's not unlike what I'm doing with the wise men. It takes a moment in history, in this case, great American lives, and shows a turning point, some crisis they faced, 
And in that turning point, the decision made there, the entire life opened up and history was shifted. And I love the idea that those crises often present and create the opportunity for history to shift, not in not only in these great American lives, but in our lives. We all have a turnabout tale. Absolutely. So that's coming next year. Um, and I'm, I'm excited about that series. Uh, but Will Wilder, I am working on now that these picture books are sort of off my desk for the moment. All right. So where can people find The Wise Men Who Found Christmas? They can find The Wise Men Who Found Christmas and The Spider Who Saved Christmas. All of those books are on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, at your local bookseller. You can always go to RaymondArroyo.com. I have some links there you can you can pursue as well. And Pete, if any of your listeners would like a signed edition, and I always get that, I'm on the road. Uh, I'm doing a big book tour, and all the details are on uh, RaymondArroyo.com. I'll Excellent. be in Birmingham and Nashville and uh, L.A. at the Reagan Library. I'm down in Florida. Uh, come see me. Or on October 13th, I'm doing a virtual signing and premiere collectible editions is sending out signed editions and i signed them for weeks um <laughs> that they have those already and uh, you can join the virtual signing and they'll send you a signed edition too in time for christmas well before christmas excellent raymond it's always a joy to have you on the show and and chat with you any closing thoughts uh, only that i think it, it i loved the idea and it, it it changed my my whole perspective on the nativity exploring these wise men because in some ways we are all i think pete somewhere between the shepherds who were very simple people who just were at the right place at the right time and wise men who know a little more and sometimes our knowledge and our work leads us to the truth and to the light mm -hmm. and it's our responsibility to boldly follow it no matter where it leads and that's what these wise men did and um, the risks they took, uh, the dangerous path at times that they took to reach that child in the cradle in Bethlehem, uh, I think is both an inspiration and a watch sign for us. So I hope this Christmas that this story enriches people's personal journey and their family and creates new conversation about the reality of, of God made man and the pursuit of him that goes on till this day. Excellent. And with that, you've been listening to Off the Shelf. I'm your host, Pete Sox, the Catholic book blogger. And until next time, God bless.